Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Livius Podcast, where we talk about all things education, college counseling, college applications, test prep, etc. My name is Jason Breitkopf, and I am your host. Today, I am with a college counselor, Lee Ann Schwartz. Uh, so, Lee Ann, before we get started, how are you doing? I'm great. Thanks, Jason. Great. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background in uh, college counseling or guidance counseling or college admissions. Uh, sure. I worked um, for a various amount of schools um, over the last, oh, but by say 10 years or so. Uh, most recently, I was at a university in Boston doing pre-college work, so doing a lot of um, prep work with students getting ready to go to school, and that prep work could have been anything application-based um, or financial aid-based or just kind of brainstorming um, college decisions and college choices. Um, I left that job about two years ago uh, to work for Chiton part-time, um, and I've been doing the college counseling now for two, just about two full years for Chiton. So it sounds like you've worked both in terms of <laughs> on the college side, in admissions and on the uh, high school side with the college application process. Yes, so I was doing pre-college with um, a different type of student population. Some were high school um, and some were um, adult learners at a university. So I got a big mix of uh, different students in different situations in a university setting. So given that varied experience, uh, I could I could be I could be clear and, and, and it would be fair to say that you've worked with a lot of different students in different uh, socioeconomic and cultural backgrounds uh, on their path to college. Absolutely, yes. All right. So uh, that's why I wanted to have you on the show because I knew that you knew a lot about this topic and I know a little bit about the college admissions uh, world. I come at it from uh, test prep and classroom education. So I always like having experts on to talk about various things, as we, especially because I believe this will be one of our first episodes of our second season of the podcast now that we've rebranded and now it's the Olivia's podcast. Thank you, everybody at home, for listening back when we were at Endeavor. Uh, so I wanted to talk about a topic that you brought up to me not too long ago, which was about the college list. Now, last year we talked a little bit about, uh, with, with one of our uh, parent uh, perspectives on uh, traps and mistakes with uh, assembling a college list, but you had an interesting point of view, which was uh, sometimes when a student works with you, you've told me that they come in with too big a college list. Correct. So before we get there, though, how, what are the first steps in assembling a list of colleges for a high school student? Um, good question. So in the first steps, it's fine to have a giant list um, because the point is we're going to start to narrow down. Uh, so what I like to do with students is actually go through um, a worksheet that is all about priorities that the student places on things that they like and dislike about colleges, about the setting, about what they want to study, about the size of the classroom, just basically a myriad of questions to get a general idea on what would be their ideal fit. Um, just so that we can kind of cross out some some schools on their list that are absolutely not fitting with what their feedback is, whether it's too big or too small, um, but getting rid of some of the extremes on their lists. Um, so that way we can take that giant list that started and already kind of shrink it down. And then from there, start to think about realistic terms, what this student is aiming to do and where they're at uh, in the process of, of the college admission process and where they're at, you know, in relation to their peers 
such as like their GPAs and SAT scores so that mm-hmm. we can see what a realistic college would be for them. Yeah. After those sorts of discussions, um, then talking about the schools that would categorize for that student into what we would think would be a safety school, a target school, or a reach school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then basically trying to keep those categories in something that is going to be manageable for the mm-hmm. student. Um, if you have too many reaches, say, it reaches tend to be the elite colleges. Um, those tend to have the more lengthier application process mm. and questions. So those can bog a student down. Uh, and that's where some of the frustration comes from students because they're almost spinning their wheels trying to complete applications for some of these reach schools that um, they maybe should be better use of time on some of their targets. So trying to trim down some of the lengthy reaches so that mm-hmm. we can uh, concentrate on schools that are of more um, doable. You mentioned something just now about creating a list that's not just one list, but three lists essentially, the reach, target, and safety. Correct. And I think back to my college application process, because a lot of the the listeners of the podcast are not necessarily going to be the high school students, him or herself. It's going to be mom or dad. It's going to be their teacher or their guidance or college counselor who are adults and have gone through this process themselves and probably had a pretty different experience when I was applying to college back in the day. Uh, and I often talk about my own experiences here to kind of frame something with specifics. Sure. Because it's hard to talk about students, like the students you've had, for confidentiality reasons. Sure. Uh, and I feel the same way. Uh, but I can you know, use myself as a reference point. When I was applying to college, um, the average student who was my peer applied to three or four schools total. Yeah. And the fact that I applied to seven was on the high end. Um, and I had one friend who applied to more than 10 colleges, and this was in the late 80s, early 90s, and everyone saw that as a bizarre, bizarre thing. And nowadays, I feel like we're advising students to apply on average to nine or 10 schools, and a student who applies to 12, 15, or 20, while on the high end, that's not as unusual. Like, for example, there were several students uh, this past year, 2018, in the spring, who would post their acceptance videos where they open up you know, the, the letter and they post it on Instagram or on Facebook or on Twitter and they're showing like, this is the 20th school I've gotten a yes from and they've applied to 20 schools and a lot of them were elite schools. Um, that's far more common now than it was back in the day for people in my age group and I think you're a little bit younger than me, people in your age group. Yep. What, what are your thoughts on, on how the list has expanded? It's definitely expanded. I would say the same thing. Um, so I went to school, I went to college in 2000, so I'm 10, 15 years behind you. Um, but the same thing, I think I applied to three, maybe it was four schools. Um, and that was about the average. Uh, and I would say now when I recommend to students, 10 is about right. So that you can have about two to three, maybe four in each of those categories. Uh, so expecting a student to have way more than that is, I think, too much work for them where mm-hmm. they... With, with the application process in, and on top of all their high school work, it just becomes too much. Mm. Um, but again, it's not unheard of for any of my students even to have 12, 15, 18. I try to steer them clear of it, but it's, it's more commonplace than not. Do you feel the Common App is a major factor in that? Probably. Yeah, because it, from first glance, it, from the initial stages, 
before you really start to get into the weeds with applications, you think, well, I, I'll just do this common app and then I can apply to 10 schools. Mm -hmm. But most of the schools have their supplemental essays or additional questions, which take additional time and, and effort. Um, so yeah, that probably, it probably leads to a lot of kind of misinformation in the very, very beginning stages of the, the college kind of exploration process. So at the very beginning of the process, and that's what really interests me is the very beginning of the college search process because a lot of times when I work with college counselors such as yourself, who are my peers, my colleagues, my friends, uh, a lot of what we end up talking about is the end of the process, the actual application and all the work that goes into that. And that's what the uh, schools with their guidance departments focus on a lot. But what I really am fascinated by is the beginning of the process, that, that sophomore, junior year, you're starting to hear about schools, you're starting to get stuff in the mail or stuff in your email because you've taken the PSAT or pre-ACT. Sure. And you're starting to get that, that, that literature from the colleges. What are some uh, bits of advice you might give students who are coming to you who are a little bit younger and starting the process uh, in that sophomore, junior year period, uh, way before the high school is really talking about it? So I think being in Boston, we're in a very unique uh, city where we have so many colleges. Uh, and even the surrounding areas, we have so many colleges and universities. So as a sophomore or junior, you have access to colleges 10 minutes down the road. So I would think a good piece of advice is if you're starting to get the mail and you're seeing colleges and you've never heard of them or you, know, you don't know if you're interested or not, Take some time, again, being in Boston, take some time to ask mom and dad to just drive you to some of these schools just to get a feel for them. They don't necessarily even have to be the, the schools that the letters are coming from, but the type of schools that are around, you can start to see if you enjoy that urban environment or if you prefer something more suburban or if you want to even get further from the city than that. But the amount of schools and the amount of different types of schools that are in the area really lends itself to doing some kind of hands-on exploration during that sophomore junior where you can take, you know, maybe have a day off of school or something like that where you can actually go to the campus while it's in session and actually get a feel for what the campus is like in action and see school uh, students and see professors and, and such kind of walking through campus and see what it feels like. Yeah. When I talk to students, the two factors that come up as the most important things on their mind are uh, financial aid, Sure. How much is it going to really cost me? And uh, academics. You know, does this school have the most important, powerful, famous faculty if they're looking at the Ivy Leagues or Ivy League caliber schools? And or does it have the program I want? You know, sometimes I have students that with whom I've worked who are like, yeah, sure, UMass, but it's got the specialty program I want. And those are the two factors. How important is the culture and 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 lifestyle of the campus in your opinion in the whittling down process so i think it's a huge i think it's just as important as the two that you just described because you're going to be living and learning at this place for four years so if you're not comfortable it, all the other factors that you mentioned are kind of going to snowball in, in the in the negatives if you're not comfortable there how well are you going to be learning or enjoying your your time there um, so that's again why I recommend going to the campuses to get that that non-tangible feel for a school or mm -hmm. for a type of school so that you can yeah. either think to yourself, yes, this is the type of school that I want to pursue. Um, I can look at other schools that are similar to this or no. And that helps yeah. the, the kind of brainstorming processes. I mean, one of the things that I talk about a lot on the podcast and I've mentioned before, so longtime listeners are not going to be surprised by this, but I am, I'm Jewish. 
and I went to Brandeis, and I'm very happy with my experience. I was very proud of my experience there. Uh, a school I looked at and decided that it wasn't right for me in terms of the application. I didn't even apply, so it wasn't even like going through the process. I, at the very beginning, I decided not to apply. There was Boston College. Sure. And the big thing is, is that Boston College, no matter how good a school it is, and it is an excellent school, is a Jesuit Catholic university. Yeah. And as a Jewish person, I didn't think I would feel very comfortable on campus. The campus, is, I've been there since, especially. The campus is beautiful. It is beautiful. The education is amazing. I've met alumni from BC who are brilliant and represent that school very well. That doesn't mean I would be comfortable there. Right. So I really am a big advocate of, of the culture of the campus and really understanding what it's like to live there. I'm 100% in agreement with you. I think it's a huge factor. Um, you're doing all this work to go to school. You're you're putting in all this time and effort to apply and to get accepted. The last thing you want to do is be unhappy and then have to do all that work again <laughs> to transfer next yep. year. Yeah, I agree completely. So as you're whittling it down, the major factors in your opinion would be the community and culture, uh, the programs and financial aid. Are there any other factors that, in your opinion that are as if not more important than those three that we've just talked about? I think those are your top three. I think another big one that students talk about and I think it is important um, is the size of schools. Uh, big schools can be easy to get lost if you want to get lost um, mm -hmm. or, and that may not be helpful for some students that are not used to kind of advocating for themselves so just almost kind of double checking that this is the right size where I'll be able to right. kind of get help where I need to get help or, or find an advisor if I need the advisor that kind of that kind of factors but those sorts of things you can kind of overcome as you start to get comfortable at on campus and start to kind of grow and mature as a, as a college student. Yeah. All right. Is there anything else on your mind that you feel is like really important about the um, assembling and narrowing the college list process? Um, I, th I think we've hit a lot of the important things. The The reason I brought it up to you was it, it happens over and over that students, especially as you start getting towards crunch time, um, you know, the deadlines, you know, we're getting even closer to Christmas or something like that. Uh, students are borderline overwhelmed with the amount of work that they have to do for the 20 applications that they've put themselves in line for. Plus, again, they're still high school students. They have all their other classroom responsibilities and other extracurriculars. Um, so keeping the list somewhere where it's manageable so that your best self is going to be, is going to come across in the application and rather than having like a halfway done job on 20 applications, I'd rather have my students have, you know, 100% of themselves come through on 10 applications. Yeah, that makes absolute sense. Leanne, thank you so much for being here. I hope to have you on again really soon. I, I, there's a lot of other things that I want to talk about with you, but I don't want to, um, you know, muddle uh, our topic right now. Uh, thank you so much. And thank you uh, at home for listening to uh, the podcast episode. If you like this, please remember to heart, star, like, fave, thumb up, whatever the podcast app listening uh, experience that you enjoy lets you do. And, you know, hit that share sheet, share this. If you share it and people listen to it, it counts for our number. So please share it. Don't feel you have to, like, stay in the app. And as always, please subscribe. That way you get the uh, episodes right away downloaded to your phone or your podcast listening device of choice. And that way you can listen to us on your drive or on your commute. And if you do want to uh, respond to us or talk to us, we do have a Twitter feed. It's at Livius Pod. And I'm going to hopefully make sure that's in the show notes uh, uh, 
in the podcast app that you can look it up and follow us. Ask questions there, and we will respond to it. If we get enough good questions, uh, we can even do a whole episode on that. Thank you so, so much for listening, and uh, as always, let's keep learning. <laughs>